0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the All The Anime Anime Limited podcast. I am Jeremy Graves. Welcome to beautiful, sunny Glasgow, Scotland. At the time we are recording this, which is Thursday the 31st of August, so by the time you're hearing this, it's the month of September. Spooky. Who is joining me in the office studio today? Well, we have... Lauren. And? Andy. And? Nope. that's it everyone. Sorry. No, Keith's, Keith is on assignment at some kind of wedding, I think. I don't know, there were dinosaurs involved the other day. I don't know what kind of <laughs> wedding that is. Yeah, but. he was sending his photos and dinosaurs involved. So he's clearly at a prehistoric wedding, so good for you, mate. Um, yeah, Andrew and Jessica are still on assignment in Japan, and Kat is on assignment in the office next door. So you are stuck with us today, which is a good thing, because I think this is going to be a fun podcast. We're going to have a nice chilled out, relaxed time we can talk about a variety of things,
1: because there's actually a fair amount of news from us to talk about. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like we shouldn't promise too much, this might not be a good podcast at all, but uh, but I'm glad you're confident.
0: Nah, I'm always confident, you know me. Some say to a fault, others say I just envy the confidence. But either way guys, we're aims going to aim to go about half an hour or so, you'll know based on how long the actual file is when you're hearing this, how long it actually went, so we'll see how that goes. But let's touch on some things that have occurred in the last week or so. First of all, Tokyo Ghoul fans, if you haven't already, you can pre order the Limited Collector's Edition set for the OVA's Jack and Pinto from our AllTheAnime.com webshop right now. A quick reminder that it is an exclusive product to our website, but the standard edition Blu-ray and DVD versions are available right now from all good retailers. Also available this week, we have got Fairy Tale Part 17 on DVD, and you can get your grubby little hands on Martian Successor Nadesco, the limited collector's edition Blu-ray set. If you head over to blog.alltheanime.com, we've got a post running down everything there is to know about each of those releases for you. Looking ahead when it comes to the release chain, as it were, let's talk about your name. Because we actually managed to reveal the details about what to expect from our home video release late last week. And here is a very brief rundown for you of what will be available. First of all, the release date is Monday the 6th of November. That is the date for your diaries. You can pre-order it right now from the likes of Amazon, Zavi, I believe Base.com have it, Anime Online, and you'll be able to pre-order it in due course from our alltheanime.com webshop. The versions that there will be are a standard edition DVD, a standard edition Blu-ray. There will be a limited collector's edition version which is not exclusive to any one retailer, so no matter where you pre-order it, folks, that is what you will get. And it comes in some gorgeous steelbook packaging, and will have both the Blu-ray and DVD disc inside, and you even get the soundtrack CD from Radwimps as well. But, just to perhaps sweeten the pot for some of you, there will be another edition. There will be the Limited Deluxe Edition, which, at the time of recording, and at the time we made this post last week as well, details are still to be confirmed about that version, because we're still trying to iron out things and we want to make sure it's 100% set in stone before we can reveal all. However, we should note, it is entirely possible this may end up being an exclusive product to our alltheanime.com webshop, or maybe another retailer. We're still ironing out details and whatnot on that front, but stay tuned for more info as we can bring it to you. And as mentioned, make sure you head over to blog.alltheanime.com so you can read all the info about what we posted. We've also got a handy little FAQ in there, telling you about various things such as, is there gonna be a 4K version? No, as things stand to give you the, quick, the cliff notes version of that and a few other questions as well which may be of use so make sure you head over to blog.alltheanime.com where you can read that in some, in some different news actually which i want to touch on and really cool news the bfa london uh, bfa that's not it the bfi london film festival today 31st of august Announced their lineup for the London Film Festival. It's a stacked lineup, and one of our titles is giving competition, isn't it, Andy?
1: Yes, yes. So, uh, as people already know, we're going to be bringing Lou Over the Wall* to cinemas later this year, but. Um it will be getting its, its premiere at the uh, London Film Festival. So uh, if you check out the uh, the BFI London Film Festival website, uh, tickets aren't on sale until mid-September, I believe. But uh, yeah, there will be a couple of opportunities to see the film there if you're in uh, in London. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. Indeed, indeed.
0: And uh, talking of uh, Lou Over the Wall, and specifically Masaki Uasa, because that's who directed it, don't forget, everybody, Lou Over the Wall will be coming to cinemas around the UK in December more information to follow very soon potentially even by the time you're hearing this there may be some more information about that out there but there is some other cool masaki Iwasa news which actually at the day of recording 31st of august once again folks So yesterday by the time you're hearing this or last month by the time you're hearing this let's not muddy the water anymore uh, at the time you're hearing this, everybody we made the announcement that masaki Iwasa is coming to the uk and will be involved in in the UK premiere screening of the night is short, Walk-On Girl. That will be on the 9th of September at the Glasgow Film Theatre, here in what we hope on the day will be sunny Glasgow, Scotland, we shall see. But there is going to be the screening of the film, and then Masaki Iwasa himself will be taking part in a Q&A session. It is going to be a grand old time. And you can get uh, you can get details, of course, at But You can also buy your tickets for the UK premiere screening right now, over at the Glasgow Theatre Film website. But, that's not all. Because, let's be fair, we know this, Andy, both from our past ventures and and from being here in Anime Limited, there's always a big demand in different locations for an event like this Mm -hmm. in the UK. So, we did a little bit of thinking, we tried to plan out a few things, and there is going to be another special event the date being Monday the 11th of September, two days after the Glasgow premiere, everybody, Monday the 11th of September at Picturehouse Central in Stratford, there will be a special event where you'll be able to see the Night is Short walk-on girl in all its glory on a big screen, and following that, Mr. Masaki Iwasa himself will be involved in a Q&A session. Tickets for that are not on sale at the time we are recording this. We're hoping it's going to be very, very soon, because obviously the event is coming up pretty soon in itself, a couple of weeks away. But stay tuned, as soon as the tickets are on sale, we will let you guys know. And, should note, if you can't catch either of those two events, the Night Is short walk-on girl will be in cinemas on the 4th of October around the UK. More information about that coming very, very soon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think anybody who's an anime fan probably has... At least some interest in yuasa's work like it's incredibly unique it's incredibly visually striking so i mean the fact that he's actually coming here and we get to to quiz him on that work and, and on his career to date um is is fantastic news um so uh i think it's especially that we're going to be as excited as anybody else to be to be having him over here so it'll be a uh, be great to Hear what he has to say. And great to see the night is short on the big screen as well. Okay, like, I know some of the guys here in, in the office have seen it. I haven't yet, um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing that film as a massive fan of the Tatsumi galaxy. So uh, it's uh, it's a uh, catnip to me. All of this stuff. <laughs>
0: No, it's a really good laugh, everybody, so if you can come along to either
1: of those events, it will be great to see you there, because I think we're, both, we're going to be at both events, aren't we, both in Glasgow and London? Yeah, absolutely, yes, yeah. so not only can you see Ms. like you are, so you can also see me and Jeremy. I mean, it's practically like meeting the Beatles at this point. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a
0: comparison I've never had to myself, but there you go. <laughs> the, that will do, I suppose, is the way to phrase that. But yeah, incredibly excited about everybody. And as I say, head over to blog.alltheanime.com to be able to read our full posting. Or better yet, if you want to go to our Facebook and Twitter, which is facebook.com forward slash alltheanime or twitter.com forward slash alltheanime, we link you to it there as well. And while I'm on the on the plugging website train, as it were... Alltheanime.com is our website everybody. There you can order our latest releases, you can pre-order the Tokyo Ghoul Collector's Edition, as I mentioned, which will be coming in September. Not a fixed date, because it's exclusive to us, so pretty much it's a case of, when it's ready, we'll ship it to you. Simple. But yes, you can check out that, see upcoming releases, get details on what's screening on Viceland if you go to the release schedule page. Loads and loads of stuff to check out there everybody and also some great articles over at our blog site as well, in addition to the news post we just talked to you about. We've got a piece on Charlotte Part 2, a look at the series of Martian Success in Adesco, and actually today on the
1: day we're recording, it's thirty-first of August, we've got an interview with the director of Martian Success in Adesco, Andy. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a blast from the past that one. Actually, it's uh, it's kind of come from the the annals of anime history, but uh, it's, it's a really good interview. Actually, I did I did read it uh, earlier on, having not had chance to check it out before, and uh, yeah, some really good stuff in there. Some some good uh, some good retro references and. It's the Desco, so, like, you know, anything around that is always interesting to read. Indeed, indeed.
0: Lauren. Sorry, you, you, you had to just sit here and listen to us rabbit on for a few minutes. You've watched a fair amount of anime over the past week, haven't you? Just been sort of, like, looking at some of <laughs> the upcoming QC bits and bobs. Anything that stands out to you from what you've watched? I don't have to talk about all of them, but anything you want to give people a tease over?
2: Everybody should watch A Silent Voice, as much as it will definitely bum you out. It's great it's beautiful and i loved it mm. now uh, four five times i've had to watch i think it so now, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: so guys to, to give you a little tease here which is going to make some of you ultra jealous lauren has seen the english dub version of a silent voice Lo- lots of us in the office have not had a chance to sample this yet so uh, if you had to kind of give people maybe a little teasing previous to how it is what did you think of it when you watched it because the first time you actually watched the film was dubbed wasn't
2: it yeah, started off watching it dubbed and it was really good. I wasn't sorely disappointed, didn't make me feel violently ill because I hate dubbed stuff, but it was good. Awesome. Don't be disappointed.
0: Awesome, that's what we like to hear. And no uh, <laughs> and uh, and for those of you wondering folks, October is when a silent voice will be coming to DVD and Blu-ray. More info to follow soon.
1: But I mean it's, it's good to hear that the English dub stands out because mm. I mean of, of any film that you have to dub like A Silent Voice is incredibly difficult mm. given it's subject matter given that you've got a hard of hearing character in there like you know there are so many ways that could go wrong so I'm, I'm more than a little relieved to hear that you especially somebody who doesn't like dubs that you weren't you know you, you didn't rush out of the office in in a fit of rage at having seen it and that you actually enjoyed it that way because that's uh, as it should be but that was a, a big ask for, uh, for you know producing that kind of quality dub for a, for a film that, that absolutely
0: needs it mm. yeah I actually meant to um, try and reach out to Michael and or Stephanie to see if maybe I could try and get them on Skype to record to record something for the podcast or maybe a feature down the line we can put on the blog or something about the process of recording the dub for this because mm. it sounds like there was, there was some obviously unique challenges involved with this not just because of the subject matter but because people involved as well mm. so it would be very interesting to get their first hand account of how it was for them
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, it'd be good if we could uh, could do something along those lines. We shall see what we can uh, can rustle together, I guess.
0: So, in a change from the norm, everybody, we've just been talking about some anime that we've been watching there. We're going to have more talk about what we've been watching. Because uh, Mr Andy Hanley and I may have met up over the past weekend, not only to watch the 4-0 drubbing that us Arsenal fans had to watch at the hands of Liverpool, less about that the better, but in the process, we actually took the time just to watch a bunch of anime, didn't we?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think after the football in particular, we needed a pick-me-up and pretty much anything would do at that point. So, uh, yeah, we, well, we delved deep into the archives, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, the first thing that we checked out, actually, because we both received our Blu-rays following uh, the Kickstarter
0: that AnimeGo did, was Riding Bean, mm. which is an awesome old-school anime. It, we, it's like an AD Police universe, almost, isn't it? That's what we sort of figured out. Yeah, I think... Uh, no, AD Police is Bubblegum Crisis, isn't it? Sorry, that's because we were really looking at a preview beforehand, <laughs> yeah. weren't we? That's why, oh, I'm getting my, my words <laughs> mixed up. But no, but Riding Bean is just great fun. Just lots of old-school action. I love the old-school look to anime, like, from the late 80s, early 90s time. There's just something about it I always love to go back and watch.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, especially, it. it, it feels quaint isn't quite the word, but, like, it feels mm. so different these days, you know, now everything is especially when it comes to something like riding beam where you've got a lot of car chases so on and so forth a lot of that stuff would be all digital effects now and all cg um but you know to see it all kind of hand drawn like you know it it, it has its moments where it it kind of goes horribly off model but it's there's something about it that kind of makes it work it has a real sort of energy and, and life to it but uh i was i was definitely excited to see how you fared watching it because it totally seemed like it was in your wheelhouse and you mm. hadn't seen it before whereas I had so uh, I I kind of knew in my heart of hearts that you'd enjoy it but it's, it's, it was good to see that you did. Yeah, it had a sort of
0: comparing it to a more recent thing I <laughs> can't think of a better word than that uh, I almost kind of compare it to the similar feel of Baby Driver but mm-hmm. I kind of imagine that kind of thing but in an anime and it was just really really good fun. and we also because we were because we were gladly eating some pizza after that Arsenal game as well while watching it we decided to put the dub on and it's like a proper old school dub there was some ropey lines in there but man was that a fun
1: dub yeah and, and again like it's it's something that suits a dub because it's you know mm-hmm. clearly kind of very much a tribute to sort of Americana in some way so actually having a U.S. dub for it kind of sits really well I mean the Japanese audio is also great but uh, but yeah the English, uh, the English dub is good and the the film has a really fantastic all english soundtrack as well like, yeah. regardless of your language options like i love the soundtrack to rolling bean it. it's
0: fantastic it's so good another really fun thing was we thought well this looks really extra see what else is on the disc and we noticed like, was it like an english commentary then there was like a japanese staff commentary hmm. then there was like another commentary which i can't remember what the name of it was like, top the ethanol the
1: ethanol commentary,
0: the ethanol commentary. And it's like what the heck is this so we put it on it turns out it's like the Japanese, it's two members of the Japanese staff, including, including the guy that made it, when they're drunk. <laughs> so it's a Japanese drunk commentary. And they're just going on tangents, and they just, like, about, we watched about the first 20 minutes or so, I think, and they just start going into detail about different calibers of guns. Like, in immense detail when they're drunk, and it's like, this is actually pretty scary. And they were all sort of talking about, yeah, I kind of wish we could have made the gun based on that kind of model, but we had to go with this one because it was more readily available and we could get the guns looking correct and how they operate. And it's like, damn, man. Yeah. This is what you talk about when you're drunk. What you guys like when you're sober? I uh, do uh, not?
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the, 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 the not-so-so-big-secret there is they're exactly the same because Kenichi Sonoda, who's the director of, of Riding Bean, also created Gunsmith Cats. Like, he is a massive gun nut. Um, and you can see it in throughout Riding Bean when characters just, like, name the exact guns that they're using in ways that you never would in normal dialogue, um, but yeah, it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of interesting when the uh, the commentary goes in that direction and they start debating on how many rounds a particular magazine has, etc., etc. <laughs> uh, but there's also some really good broader stuff in that commentary from what little we watched. It's like mm. Sonoda was talking about the the time he created Riding Beam when he was basically splitting his time between that project and doing some work for Gainax on Wings of Oniarmes, which I had, didn't actually realise he'd done. Um, and there's some really nice little uh, vignettes and uh, little bits of info sprinkled in there. Um, some some really good little bits of industry discussion as well, uh, as was. Um, and... Some things never change, it's fair to say I think from what they were talking about there. But yes, the really good commentary track. I mean it should it should probably now be a de facto standard for releases, is just like get the director drunk and then get them in a booth (laughs) to talk about the film, because that's that's where you get the good stuff. And then people wonder what on earth would happen if there was
0: ever a drunk commentary track for Evangelion. With some of the staff involved in that. <laughs> what on earth could come out in that? Yeah,
1: Hideaki Anno's drunk Evangelion commentary track. That's, <laughs> the world needs this, clearly. Uh, for anyone wondering as well, I, I honestly don't know if anyone's got the UK
0: rights to this, but I know that the Animego website, I think, have still got units of the... Or are going to be selling units of the Kickstarter version that are left over.
1: Yes, yeah, I think that's basically what they've done with all of their Kickstarters. Like the, Bubblegum Crisis. Yeah, well. they, yeah, they will sell off any remaining stock. And I I think they do just have kind of right outside of japan for it, i assume because mm. they're not region locking the discs or anything so yeah i don't think there's any restriction against who can buy within reason but uh but yeah like if if you like car chases and guns and like ridiculously over the top action um and you like that old school aesthetic in particular like riding bean is is a bit of a classic as as those things go it, it's made me realize i like, should probably try and check out gunsmith cats at some point because mm. like people have talked to me quite a lot about it i've never actually watched any of it but it seems like the same kind of shocky gunfest fun that i could uh, i could get behind it when i'm in the right mood
0: and we were sort of looking up at what else they had in the pipeline as well for future projects and they did mull quite a while ago that ad police might be something they're gonna do so if they're gonna do that on blu-ray i'm i'm in i'm yeah. so in i need more old school stuff like that I- it, sometimes i wish we could get some of that old school stuff here because a lot of it is you just it never made the transition to dvd mm. there's like loads of stuff that only got vhs releases over here like i know that one people regularly mention to me at conventions is devil man mm. and just over here it never made the transition to dvd yeah
1: yeah i mean devil man is an interesting one now that netflix have got netflix original devil man Baby coming up next year like they've picked up some other devil man franchise stuff like if ever there, there was a, a there was 009 crossover wasn't there yes there was that as well so I mean if ever there was a time it might be now as usual disclaimers apply this is not any kind of hint or announcement or anything like that but yeah I don't know it'd be it'll be interesting to see maybe how that stuff goes on Netflix and whether that does broaden interest because I think it's seven seasons have picked up some of the Devilman man manga as well so everybody is kind of pushing in that direction so mm. you never know cross your fingers we'll see what happens then we, we then
0: sort of logged on to, to my Crunchyroll account, just thinking, yeah, oh, let's just watch something on there, like something a bit more modern to like, balance it out. So uh, we checked out an episode of Grimgar, because we just looked up something random and asked what popped into the timeline. So ah, uh, watched the first episode of Grimgar, so that was good fun to watch that. And uh, then something that neither of us had seen before. We thought, we need to find something neither of us have watched. What could it possibly be that neither of us have watched? Because let's be fair, Andy, you watch a heck of a lot of stuff. I I try and watch as much as I can eventually, but you you keep up pretty solidly. I I can confirm I have watched several anime. (laughs) (laughs) So what we ended up deciding on was to watch the first episode of Boruto, Naruto Next Generation. The look on Lauren's face then was quite wonderful. I I should ask Lauren, are you a fan in any way, shape, or form of Naruto? I've
2: not watched any of it. Oh really? too
0: much of it. No, I (laughs) Well, in theory, this would be a good jumping on point because this is like 10 years after... I think it's a decade after? It it must be, like, Boruto is around that kind of age. Yeah, I think they mentioned it's been 10 years since the war during Boruto, so yeah. It's like 10 years after, so in theory this could be a jumping on point if you ever wanted to try it. So we watched the first episode and you know what? Perfectly fine. Good fun, sort of. Good to see how they're going to try and evolve the series a little bit. The the, the teaser at the start of the episode, which kind of implies, point I'm a better way of phrasing it, a lot of shit goes down in this series at some point. It was like a really serious, like climactic battle, and you've got no idea who one of the characters is. Boratone looks older and then you're like okay he looks tough oh okay you've teased a lot of stuff in the space of 20 seconds there and then it just cuts the opening and then you go back in time to 10 years after and suddenly everyone's really young and not in school yet
1: yeah yeah it's (laughs) it's a curious way to start a series like I'm, i'm still not totally sold on that idea of kind of showing so far down the line um but i guess it has its own its own benefits but yeah i mean it's a pretty decent first episode like if if nothing else, having enjoyed the Boruto movie, which, I mean, as we discussed, seems to have been pushed away as kind of non-canon at this point. Because... Yeah, because we, we were sort of thinking afterwards, right, so
0: this Boruto film happened, and it establishes a lot of things in that one film, like character relationships, how, where people stand allegiances and stuff, how people are f- faring, and it... Whether it will ultimately work out as being canon, but just kind of like, you know, sometimes they do the One Piece movies and it's like, they'll recap a story. And whether it will just ultimately work out, it's like a recap film in some ways. It'll be interesting to see, but there's a lot of stuff which is either just not referenced, not hinted at, and... Yeah, it's a bit weird one to figure out where that now falls in the timeline, but as a standalone first episode, I really enjoyed it. it. It put some good spins on things. It's nice to actually see like electricity being popular in the world of Naruto now, you know,
1: that, yeah. a, that conventional thing which we're, we're all used to. Yeah, I mean, it's nice that they've kind of moved the world forward, not just the characters, because so often you see series that kind of iterate like that and they basically keep the world as is, certainly in terms of technology and things like that, and just throw a new batch of characters in there. But the other thing that I liked was I was fully expecting this to be very similar to kind of Naruto's story arc of kind of, you know, plucky young arrogant kid who doesn't actually have any skills has to you know find his way in the world through lots of training montages Um, whereas Boruto kind of starts as like a pretty accomplished ninja like he knows how to do stuff that his dad sucked at in the early episodes of the original series so he kind of starts from a very different point of rather than being kind of wanting to be the best but actually being no good to being like actually he probably is kind of up there in the upper echelons of kind of these young upcoming ninja and that's an interesting direction for them to, to go in that kind of freshens things up a little bit, if nothing else. Another interesting direction as well, because as I, I should actually add to this everybody. So we watched the first episode
0: on Sunday when we met up. Since then, up to the time we're now recording this, I have now finished watching episode 15. So I've blitzed through 14 episodes between Sunday and today. And it, it's really cool the way that they could, they're slowly building stuff. Some of it was kind of getting to a point, okay, this kind of feels like it's getting to filler but they managed to keep it in, like, intriguing enough to where they're teasing an ongoing story, which does play a part by the time, like, a couple of episodes before where I'm now up to. It does all play a part. They're doing some really subtle character building, some fun little moments, exploring the world in other ways as well. They're, they're, they're sort of drip-feeding some nice little bits of info. But one of the key things that is a constant, which I'm really liking, is the fact that Boruto basically hates his dad.
2: Mm, yeah because
0: yeah. the constant theme being look i keep hearing you're a great ninja and you did so much in the fourth great ninja war you're just my dad and you're never home because you're too busy working it's yeah. like
1: you know stop it yeah well i mean that, that's one of the other interesting kind of angles of the first episode because like you know it's basically a world that's at peace and kind of part of mm-hmm. Boruto's, like plan this is like well why do i have to bother training to be a ninja because like who am I going to protect anybody from? Like, I don't need to save the village. There's not some big, bad, evil person just over the horizon, as as was kind of always intimated in the original series and ultimately came to fruition. It kind of, it does all seem a bit pointless because it's like, no, everything's great, you know, the day's been saved, you know, the the world is at peace. Who needs to fight anymore? So, uh Clearly, that's not going to uh, remain the status quo in that series, but, you know, <laughs> but that's, that's an interesting starting point as well that, that makes things a little bit different. Another
0: thing which I'm, very, I'm actually really happy they've gone with this because there is a very easy tendency when you've had something that's run, on, what would it be, the original Naruto plus Shippoon, in excess of 500 episodes, mm. I would imagine it is yeah. at this point. It's really nice that they're not throwing all the old characters at you. I think where i'm up to you maybe have seen four or five members of the old cast at most Mm. and one of those just for like a scene they just happen to be there in the background yeah so they're really trying to distance themselves like naruto naruto and shikamaru and shino are the ones you see most regularly Mm. but that's because mini spoiler for anyone not wanting to get spoiled on boruto uh, shino who is the bug guy from the original naruto Mm. series uh, he ends up being naruto's teacher so he's the kind of one. Of, he's the most recurring character aside from Naruto, but they're really keeping their distance from the old cast members, which is nice just to be able to see the younger cast just get sort of given more of the spotlight, chance to show off what they've got, yeah. give character traits, and sometimes as well because they don't always reference who people's parents are in the context of the universe. You're sometimes they're thinking. Whose kid are you? And then there'll be one random mention, like a little quick reference of, oh, you know, I'm surprised your dad's not doing it. It's like, oh, you're that kid. Okay, right. I know who you are now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was one of the fun things about the Boruto movie, even as somebody who didn't like keep up with narrative beyond like the first hundred and fifty or so episodes. Like it, the the film does a really good job of playing with the idea of introducing these kids and either teasing or kind of not revealing till right at the end who their parents are and what their kind of lineage is. And it seems like they've carried at least some of that through to the series. I mean, I saw recently there was... It looks like there's at least one character that still hasn't had kind of who their parents are revealed and they're almost keeping it as, like, a mystery for the show Mm. for people to try and figure out, like, you know, who this kid actually belongs to, basically. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's, again... That's that's kind of a smart way of keeping the existing fans who've come over from Naruto on board and, and kind of interested. But it also... It feels like they they managing to split the difference between doing that and not making it, so that you can't jump in cold and just start with Boruto.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. But then again, if you were someone who did just want to jump in, I think you could still get by because mm, oh yeah. it's not so reliant on you having to know everything. No, there are there there are re- there are lots of references that they make that maybe say for example, um, in like the arc the archive just finished episode fifteen, <laughs> is. Uh, one of the things they kept referencing was like a particular character who had done stuff, mm. but they they almost use it as like a throwaway line, saying, "Oh well, you know, that person died, so I guess they still hold a grudge against that." That's mm. sort of like that's the most that they kind of reference stuff for yeah. you to need need to know in inverted commas. Yeah, but you can totally get by. But but yeah, also the opening and ending themes are really
1: really catchy. Yeah yeah, now it's continues to have a pretty good tradition of having decent uh, decent theme tunes. So, uh, so yeah, so there's, a, there's lots of discussion on
0: Boruto for you all. But, but we weren't done there. There was still time for more. We were just sort of looking through the collection of what I had on my shelf, and suddenly you mentioned to me, Andy, oh, by the way, because you like Yakuza games, did you hear about, did you hear the, the game that they announced in this Yakuza press conference? Like, oh no, what? It's like, let me look up a trailer. You looked up the trailer, and they announced a, a Fist of the North Star game in the style of Yakuza which was amazing this trailer i loved it so much this prompted me to dig out my copy on, on good old vhs of fist of the north star so we dug that out and i thought i'll just pop this in the player for a few minutes and then we sort of watched about i don't know 15 20 minutes maybe and then we suddenly sort of realized the time it was like oh do you need to head off now and, you, and then and you actually said what to me
1: andy yeah, I mean, the plan was, yeah, because well, when we put it on, just like, I'll just watch a few minutes of this just to just to get a bit of flavour for it. And then, yeah, like it was, it was getting late. I should probably have been thinking about going home, but I kind of didn't want to stop watching the Fist of the North Star movie. So <laughs> we may have continued and watched the entire thing until about, what, like 11 at night or whatever it was. It was such good fun. It really was. It's. Uh, I mean, I, I described it when we were kind of talking about it at the time. It's, it's kind of like Mad Max meets Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Like, it has the kind of post-apocalyptic wasteland of Mad Max, but it has all the ridiculously, like, over-the-top characters and over-the-top abilities of those characters of, of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, which is not a series that I like, but, like, I think the way it's blended into that world in, in Vista the North Star... Especially coupled with the kind of cheesy but weirdly enjoyable English dub, just kind of sat just right with
0: it me. It was a pretty good English dub as well because I've not watched it in a blooming long time, and I, I think I said this to you on the night. that I actually reckon, although Dragon Ball was the first anime I was exposed to in any form, like in mm. the form of trading cards in junior school, I reckon Fist of the North Star is actually the f- is the first bit of anime I actually saw because mm. I just remember. I think I told you it's like I remember like my stepbrother was round. And he, like, brought a few friends around because they up like, babysitting me and whatnot, which, ironic, given I was probably a huge kid at that point. <laughs> but, um, and I remember I sort of came downstairs and I were watching it, and the first thing I remember was looking at the TV and just seeing a hand going through someone's body. And I was kind of part scared, part intrigued, part didn't know what the hell was going on, and I think I just went back to bed. So that's kind of my memory of it, like, really, really not understanding what it was, but then when, I'd, I haven't watched it for years after that, and then we just put in the VHS, and then we just got there. and We were just having such a good laugh. Just the manliness of this anime, the OTT nature of it. Like you said, you could probably tell where JoJo's may have got tons of references from, was influenced or vice versa. Because JoJo's may have been published before Fist of the North Star. Yeah, I don't. I don't off the top of my head, or it, I'm just place. literally saying that. So if someone knows, please don't crucify me if I've just said something like that. But in wrong, I should say. But you can definitely see where things have been come from, influence wise, or what maybe what got influenced. And it was just a tremendously fun watch, the Dove was pretty cool, It's cool to hear Richard Eckhart's voice, cause I've not heard that in a while. Mm, yeah, yeah. And, then, and also trying to figure out like random plot points. Uh, we were sort of going, so who's that in relation to the universe? And eventually we sort of managed to guess it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how much some of that comes from, like, being a, a very long series cut down into movie form, because there's definitely... There, there are moments when you feel like you've missed a lot of stuff that was clearly, like, the connective tissue of, of the various story beats. <laughs> like, like
0: when, when Ken, well, not, not Ken Shiro, I'm the dub person, but Ken, uh, gets thrown off a cliff, seemingly left for dead, and then five minutes later he turns up walking in a town with a beard. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. like just just sort of thought. Okay, clearly some time has gone by. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that that's actually also one of the weird things about like watching that film and watching that story. Like, there's something weirdly biblical about it. Like, you know, Ken's story arc and his trajectory feels like it could be some kind of weirdly sort of skewed Old Testament story or something mm-hmm. from the Bible, and that kind of works in its favour in this really weird way as well. Because when you like set it up against that mad max wasteland and all the ridiculous action it just feels strange that there's this this real kind of sense of righteousness to a lot of what goes on and and how things play out and the other
0: things that we were joking about were one of them being that everyone else in the world has like a horse to to travel across the world or a car to go on or a motorbike kenshiro just walks everywhere in this nuclear what was the phrase they use at the very beginning of the film like a nuclear atrocity had happened, I think it was they use. And it's like, damn, that's, that's that's big big phrasing. But this this way this world that's just like a desert now. He's just walking across it. Everyone else is using cars and bikes and horses. like no wonder it takes you a while to get
1: there yeah yeah and, and there's also a fantastic moment late in that movie where kind of like everything's at this absolutely critical point and there's literally a character that's just like shouting out, Ken hurry and he's just there like he's just wandering up some <laughs> toppled skyscraper like he's just having a stroll like he's not even walking fast and he's like I should hurry and then he just continues to stroll as if he was going on a Sunday morning walk <laughs> Uh, you actually just reminded me as well. One part when we were watching Riding Bean
0: <laughs> was that the, there's a moment again. I'll try. to will try be as vague as I can for people who want to watch it. But there's a moment where people, the characters are in a car and they're ordering some takeaway food. They just pulled into like the car park, so they'd have like the roller skate uh, waitresses, and they're sort of ordering their food. And the main character says, oh, "I'll have thirty ribs, please." And the waitress goes. Okay, I'll be here in a few minutes. And I just said, no, not no, that's not possible.
1: I call bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then your response to that was... Yes, well, I, I just love that that was the moment where you, you could no longer suspend your disbelief. Like, this is a film <laughs> that has a car that can literally drive sideways. Like, it has people being shot with shotguns and just, like, absorbing the bullets with the bulletproof jacket and not even feeling it. And suddenly, like, 30 ribs in two minutes? That's not possible. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it wasn't the fact you were trying to eat 30 ribs either it was just the fact no that's not possible to deliver that <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah folks if you've got an old VHS of Fist of North Star go out of your way to watch it it's such a good laugh whether it'll actually get licensed again or not I really don't know I, I know no, because the other thing we noticed as well was like there are some proper old CG effects in it as well yeah. and so whether they could be remastered or not that's Something that we don't know because it might depend on master footage. The heck, there might be like some footage of how it looks on YouTube if someone remastered it. I don't know. But. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's definitely. Uh, I mean, it does seem like there's not a kind of a a, a fully remastered version on the Japanese side, and mm-hmm. like yeah, whether they just don't have the the elements, or or whether you know the age of some of those early digital effects just just makes it prohibitive. But yeah, it would be a shame if because because that's kind of quite a good way of of digesting that show as well as as. Because I, I don't know how many episodes the original series has, but it's over a hundred or something. What's the one like.
0: of Discotek's about to release?
1: Is that new Fist of the North Star? I think or... that's new, but I think even original Fist of the North mm. Star is pretty long. Whereas this is kind of like a one-hour, fifty-minute movie, which like I say you're you're missing parts of that experience, but that's still a pretty good way to consume that thing in a couple of hours. That's you know, mm. it's, it's, a, it's like the Gundam trilogy movies,
0: like get exactly. into about six, maybe seven hours total, and. You still miss out on stuff, yeah. But it's there. I'm trying to think of some other like compilation style movies that there have been where they've actually
1: worked pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's actually quite rare to find a compilation film that you can watch and feel like you've had a good time with it. Mm. Them movies are absolutely up there, but yeah, this is this is a good one. This is this is a good kind of condensing of that story into uh, into a couple of hours. So, uh, which I I wasn't expecting.
0: No, <laughs> yeah, we had a right good laugh, and then we ended up sort of just. Walking for a while after, didn't we? <laughs> yes, yeah. We just needed to walk off the the awesomeness. We needed to think. walk off the manliness because we've been sat yeah. down doing nothing. I, I, exactly. Uh, so uh, you know, what? we've actually gone longer than I thought we was. Anything else people want to discuss? Uh, we've just talked for most of it, Lauren. Anything you want to say?
2: Not really.
0: Anything you watched in general this week that you you were super hyped over?
2: No, I've done nothing but watch A Silent Voice and. Well, I mean, just in general, I'm not oh, doing anything anime it, anything else? Game of Thrones! But I can't talk about Game of Thrones because no one watches it!
0: <laughs> okay, right, so speaking as someone who's only seen the first two seasons, if you had to try and just say how you felt about the Game of Thrones finale, what, what would it be? It was okay. It was okay? <laughs> it was okay.
2: It was only okay. Like, there were mm. some good parts to it, but, like, a lot of ones that were very unnecessary, but. It was still good. Mm. Yeah, was How was
0: the good. season overall? Like, was it good fun? Because it's not it's, its not linked to the books now, is it? It's all original technically, or is it some parts or elements? I, I, again, I don't I like
2: think it. they're just winging it now, but mm. it's still working. It's still good. Um, there's some bits I don't like in it and I can't talk about mm. any of them. So you've
0: definitely got problems with parts of it.
2: Yeah. But I seem to be like the minority, because everybody else is very for it just now, mm. and I'm... Um, not I was like I feel like I missed the memo somewhere that this was like a, a big thing but no it's still good mm. it's always good when's it
0: you to come back now because that was the finale So uh, they
2: said it's going to be between a year and 18 months before the next one
0: so you've got an excuse to binge watch all of it again if you really wanted to
2: I could it wouldn't take me long <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the, I was about to say this may sound weird but is Game of Thrones a show you would want to re-watch like in a giant binge? Because again, I've only seen the first two seasons. That was a good few years ago now. So. I
2: probably would just because I'd started watching it when I was in high school still. Um, when I was supposed to be studying for my exams. And
0: like, you, you were studying, you
2: know? Not really. <laughs> but um, no, it was, it was <laughs> so, some,
0: some might call it, you know, uh, expanded knowledge. There you go. <laughs>
2: Sure, let's go with that. Um, <laughs> no, I would probably go back and rewatch it just because, like, there's a lot of like really minor details that I feel like you forget about after a while. Whereas it's probably it seems very minor at the time, but like in the long run, like, oh my god, that makes so much sense. I could have figured this out so long ago, but
0: sometimes it's those little details that get you though. Like when they just hint something, they do it in anime as well. Yeah. Like they give you like a little a random hint, oh, I loved hint- and then like. Details yeah right and then like 20 episodes later they go oh remember when we did this yeah. no they show you a quick flashback and you're like oh yeah well it turns out it was this
1: <gasps> yeah I mean it's, it's one of the it's one of the great things on, on a far smaller scale about your name like that makes that film worth watching multiple times just to tie it back into anime limited for a second um, because that that, that, <laughs> that, is a, that is a film that has lots of really nice little subtle clues about things that have happened and why things are the way they are that actually you can go back to and really appreciate when you, once you've kind of enjoyed the overall broader story you can go back and dig into those little moments and those little hints that are sprinkled right the way through that film that seem completely inconsequential but are actually telling you exactly what is going on and why and and, and how and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I think we're going to wrap it up on that note,
0: everybody. Again, I know we talked about it in, in a bit of depth at the start of the show, but don't forget, September the 9th, here in Glasgow, Masaki Iwasa at the UK premiere of Night is Short Walk On Girl. There will be a QA session after, taking place at the Glasgow Film Theatre. Book your tickets now through the Glasgow Film Theatre website. And then, two days later, Monday the 11th of September, at Picture House Central, Picture House Central, if I can get it out properly, in Stratford. Tickets will be available very, very soon. We'll have more details for you in the coming week, but mark those dates in your diaries, everybody, because it's going to be a grand
1: old time. Any closing statements that we need to get out? Anything we've forgotten? I think that's about everything. I can't think of anything else that's important.
0: Um, No, Andrew and Jessica might be back on the next show by that point. Maybe not. There might be another week when they're not here yet, because there's... You know, next weekend, there's a lot of stuff going on, as we just mentioned, so... So, Or they may be back and just asleep and incredibly jet-lagged, so... Yeah, so if you suddenly hear random seagulls appearing, you'll know Jessica is back. (laughs) So, but yes, folks, thank you very much for listening. Make sure you visit alltheanime.com. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter, at All The Anime. We would love
2: to hear from you. Talk to you soon, and have a good weekend. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.